Deuteronomy chapter number 6, if you would please tonight, Deuteronomy 6, as we, uh, last time, it seems like it's been a while now since we've been able to be in our series on the family, we've had some missionaries in, and, and uh, I've been out of town, different things going on, but as we're back in, in our series on the home and the family, last time we really touched on this passage of scripture in regard to uh, raising up the next generation for the Lord. And we talked a lot about uh, the example of our lives. You know, the, uh, one of the things that I have heard so many times from, from young people who have kind of, you know, grown up and, and reached that age of maturity and then walked away from the faith or gotten out of church at least and, and gone wayward, one of the things that you hear consistently is that they, they've observed a lot of hypocrisy, at least that's what they say, uh, situations where uh, maybe mom and dad lived a certain way at church and a different way at home, and, uh, or within a church, you know, a pastor or a leader uh, that they looked up to had some kind of moral failure or something of that nature, and, and it really kind of shook their faith. We see that stuff happening, and so it is significant, and it is important that we are what we teach, that we practice what we preach, and certainly uh, we ought not to act one way in front of, uh, in front of other Christians and a different way at home. I, I hope that, uh, that what your children see at home is the same thing that they see in your life when you come to, to church. I'm not saying we have to air out all our dirty laundry and, and all of that, but uh, you know, there's kind of that old cliche sometimes of you know, arguing and fighting all the way to church, and then you get there and you put a smile on your face. And, and uh, for those of you who have small children, you know that that can happen. <laughs> Sometimes there's struggle in that regard. Uh, but, but it is important that not only do we desire and, and seek to live a life pleasing to the Lord on Sunday or Wednesday, but that throughout our lives there's a consistent pattern that our children can see of a sincere love for God, love for the Lord. Uh, I think it's a healthy thing for your children to see you growing in the Lord. You don't have to be perfect, uh, but, but it is good for them to see the Lord's sanctifying work in your life. And, and uh, as they grow and see that, uh, it, it helps them to be able to see the same. So we talked about that some last time. The fact that if we want our children to, to know and love the Lord, uh, it has to first be in our heart. Uh, but tonight, I want to just kind of pick this up. We're going to read some of the same things we read, but I want to dig a little bit deeper into our actions. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter number 6, and we'll begin reading in verse number 6. If you'd stand with me tonight as we read Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 through 14. The Bible says here, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and... Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of good things which thou fillest not, and wells digged which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not. When thou shalt have eaten and, and be full, then beware 
lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him and shalt swear by his name. Ye shall not go after other gods of the gods of the people which are round about you. You can be seated tonight. I want you to notice that God's intention, God's purpose for his people was that they would continue to serve and obey him, not just one generation being faithful to do that, but from generation to generation, that continually his people would live in his blessings and they would live in his blessings because they were living in obedience to him. But obviously we know, if you've read much of the Old Testament, you know that there was not a consistent pattern of obedience in the nation of Israel. And sadly, from one generation to the next, it was, you know, it it, it kind of could go either way. And sometimes it seemed like more often than not, the next generation coming up would just naturally fall away from the Lord. And it's such a, a disappointing and discouraging and heartbreaking thing. To me, as I read, read of that and watch that, that the, the children even of godly and righteous people, uh, you, we're in a study in Sunday school on the kings, and we'll see as we go through that how many of those, when you, even when you had a righteous king, one that feared the Lord, and, and one that led the nation in righteousness, so, so often their children would just go away from God. And, and, and it's a tragic thing. And then, of course, we've seen that too, haven't we, over the years? We've watched... Uh, the children of, of godly people uh, growing up in church, growing up under Bible teaching and preaching, and then just wandering out of the way. seems like they become, they reach that stage of adulthood when they can make their own choices in life and so frequently make the wrong choices and wander away from the Lord and, and uh, sometimes even go to the extent of completely denying the faith. And while we can't ultimately control what choices our children make. And, and I hope you know that. If you're here and you have a wayward child, uh, maybe a grown child who's just not walking with the Lord or not doing what they ought to do, uh, you can't control their choices. They have to make their own decisions in life. But for those of us who still have children in the home, we're still trying to raise them. There are some principles that God gives us to try and prepare them to make right choices. And so tonight I want to just look at some of those in terms of our, our actions. What, what can we do to try to guide our children in a way that will help uh, them to make right decisions when that time comes? And the first thing I want to point out to you is the command that he gives here. Notice he says in verse number 7, And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. What, what, are, what are they to be teaching? He said, verse 6, And these words which I command thee this day, thou shalt teach them. In other words, the, the responsibility for the parents was to teach their children the words of God. And, and I want to say to you tonight, I hope that you do not take that lightly. Sometimes people have the idea that it, because I have my children in church or because I, uh, you know, because I personally have a walk with the Lord that somehow uh, they're going to kind of catch the vision and catch that as well. But God said, it's your job to teach them. It's your job to teach them. And by the way, I want to just recognize that in this passage of Scripture, this was not just a national command. It wasn't the responsibility of the priests and the leaders and future kings to teach the children uh, the ways of the Lord. But if we read on further, it says, Thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. When thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when thou risest up. 
Thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand. They shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them on the post of thy house and on thy gates. This commandment was a commandment for the home, not just for the nation. It was something that was to be done in the home. And I, I want to remind you in Joshua 24, 15, that very famous verse as Joshua gives kind of an ultimatum to the people and he says to them that they are to choose this day whom they will serve. He says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This was a decision that was made on a family level in the home. And I just want to reiterate this because this is so very, very important. They are to be taught the word of God. Children are to be taught the word of God by their parents. Parents, your children need to learn the Bible from you. Now, I, I'm thankful for our Sunday school teachers. I'm thankful for Christian schools and homeschool curriculum that has uh, biblical truth contained within it. I'm thankful for uh, the reinforcement that that provides. But I want you to know that it is your responsibility, mom and especially dad, to make sure that your children are learning the word of God. Can I ask you, you don't answer me, but what are you teaching them? We understand oftentimes that our responsibility is to, to teach our kids to do right. We teach our children things like manners. We teach them to say things like please and thank you. We teach them certain rules of, of you know, how to behave. We teach them how to take care of themselves and, and their hygiene. You know, we teach our young children to brush their teeth and and we teach, teach them as they get older, you know, you need to take a shower and you need to wear deodorant. I mean, there are things that we teach them and instruct them in. But I think so frequently teaching the word of God is something that just kind of gets put, put on the back burner. In your mind, think of something that your parents instructed you in. Maybe, maybe there was something that you could say, you know, I know God, I, I know my parents taught me this. You know, my dad always used to say... And, and maybe he had a, uh, you know, something that he was famous for saying. And, you know, he said it all the time, so you always remembered it. Or, you know, mom always used to tell us this or that. But can you look back and look at times where your parents instructed you in the word of God? Where they opened the Bible and taught you biblical truth and helped you to remember that? Maybe not, but your children ought to be able to remember that. Your children should grow up with a memory of an open Bible and instruction taking place in your home. Not just this is how we ought to behave, but this is what God has said. In our home, in our family, we've been recently working to memorize a verse of scripture. We do this occasionally and just we'll, we'll kind of pick a, a verse and memorize it together. And it's one that continually comes up in our home these days. James 1.19, Wherefore, my beloved brethren... Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Why do you think that's coming up in our home? None of your business. All right. Either way, this is something to remember. It's just, it's something we're trying to teach our kids. Now, listen, we could say to our children, stop fighting. Have patience with one another. Don't always have to speak in front of someone. Open your ears and listen to them. These are all good things to teach, but don't you think it's, and it carries more weight when we're able to open the Bible and see this is what God says. 
God says, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak and slow to wrath. I'm just saying that our children ought to hear us teaching them the word of God and applying it in everyday life. Hold your place here in Deuteronomy and go with me, if you would, to the book of Proverbs. I want to show you this. Proverbs chapter, let's start with chapter 2. Proverbs 2. And over several chapters here, I just want to look at a couple of verses or a few verses. Proverbs 2, verse number 1. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline unto wis- thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. Notice he says that you need to receive my words and hide my commandments. This isn't just a general, like a, a general thing. Well, you know, I taught you the ways of the Lord. No, no, no. He says, I want you to remember my words. I, I want you to remember that I instructed you in truth. Verse, or chapter 3, verse 1. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. I want you to take my instruction and apply it in your life. Chapter 4, verse number 1. Hear ye, children, the instruction of a father and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Forsake ye not my law. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words. Keep my commandments and live. Look down to verse number 20. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Go over to chapter 7. Chapter 7, verse number 1. My son, keep my words and lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and live. And my law, as the apple of thine eye, bind them upon thy fingers, write them upon the table of thine heart. And we could go through and I could show you over and over and over in Proverbs this admonition. uh, Son, take the things that I'm teaching you and apply them. Now, now here's here's the reality of the situation. I think a lot of parents, they want their children to embrace truth, but somehow they're not very effective in teaching that truth. They just kind of, you know, hope that they're going to catch it because, well, in our house, you know, we don't drink and we don't smoke and we don't listen to all these, you know, this ungodly music and we don't watch all these worldly movies and we go to church on Sunday and so, therefore, our children ought to know right. I mean, after all, they're taught right from wrong. They're taught the golden rule. But what are we actually teaching? What are we instructing our children? It's not that example doesn't matter. Because it does. I mentioned at the beginning, it can't just be, there can't be hypocrisy. Our children are watching what we do. They're watching the reality of our life. But friend, example in and of itself is not going to reach them. There has to be instruction. They they need to be taught. There ought to be things that they can remember, commandments that they can receive and, and keep in their memory. Yes, I remember mom and dad taught me the word of God and this is what God has said. I think you, you know that I'm very burdened about the second and third generation of young people that are growing up in 
Christian homes. And one of the things that bothers me is I, I, I talk to them as they Wow, that was interesting. I talk to them as they become adults, and sometimes they're very biblically illiterate. Did you know that kids raised in a Bible-preaching church can be biblically illiterate? Now, I grew up in Sunday school, junior church. I, I, I sat under all the teaching, and I, I'm telling you, from the time that I was probably seven or eight years old, I could have told you every major Bible story. I knew the stories of the Bible. I had quite a few verses memorized. But I didn't know the word of God. I, I, I was not, I had no ability to find the answer to a need or a problem in my life in the Bible. You know, there's a difference between understanding some basic facts and seeing what the Bible says, you know, knowing this story. And, well, I remember David, I remember Jonah and the whale, and I remember Moses and the crossing of the Red Sea. There's a difference between that and knowing how to handle the Word of God and how it applies in life. And this is not something that, honestly, again, I'm thankful for our Sunday school teachers. But it's not their responsibility to teach your children how to know the word of God, how to live it. And it's not, they don't have the ability to do that. You can't do that in 45 minutes a week. All you can do is kind of a basic overview, a basic understanding. And I'm not saying that, I'm not trying to belittle anything. I'm thankful for the things that I was taught in church growing up. But I want you to know that the Bible is more than just a collection of stories with a good moral point. The Bible is God's very word. I mean, the words of God are laid out here for us, and they are here to transform us into the image of Christ. Are we teaching our children how to, how to receive that and how to live it? Are we teaching them to get into the word of God and find the answers to life? God said we need to teach them diligently to our children. This is intentional. It doesn't happen by accident. He says, thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. What do you diligently teach your children? What are the things that they're receiving? What are the things that they are hearing? There is a command, teach them. Father, mother, can I implore you tonight? Teach your children. Don't count on someone else to do it. Teach them the word of God. I think there ought to be times that regularly you sit down together as a family and open the Bible and read it and discuss it and apply it. And in moments where there's a decision that needs to be made or there's a problem that arises, you ought to be addressing that from the scriptures and opening the Bible and saying, this is why we're doing it this way. This is what God has said. We have to teach our children. That's the command. But I want you to notice that this command goes beyond just instruction it's not just take 15 minutes a day or half an hour a day and instruct them but he says that not only is that that commanded but there's also a culture that we are supposed to create in our home look what he says in verse 7 thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up 
In other words, this is supposed to be kind of the everyday conversation of life is the word of God. You know, I have some friends, and I call them friends because in reality, if, if I were ever to need them, they'd be there for me. If they ever needed me, I'd be there for them. But our relationship is kind of a surface type of relationship. You know, we, we get together and we talk about things, kind of, you know, common ground. We'll talk about family. We'll talk about sports. We'll talk about hunting or, you know, just different things. But that's about as deep as the relationship goes. And then I have certain friends. And they tend to be the, the friends that stick closer than a brother. That it seems like every time that I get around them, we're talking about the scriptures. And it just, it comes up in conversation. What, what about this? And what about that? And hey, I was reading over here. You know, th this is something that I, I think is just a, a positive thing. Our children should have memories of just talking about God and his word in our home. Do you know what most kids are learning in their home time, their home life today? They learn about things like sports. They discuss things like celebrities and movies and music. They learn video games. They learn about mom and dad's favorite hobbies. But are they learning the word of God? He said this, this should just be a, a constant conversation. When you're sitting down, when you're lying down, when you're rising up, you're talking about the word of God. And then he says in verse number 8, And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand. This is kind of an interesting idea. And they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. Take, take scripture and bind it on your hand. Now, that may seem weird. You know, I'm just walking around one day with a piece of paper taped to my hand with a Bible verse on it. You know, may, maybe we, we don't do that so much. But here's the idea behind that. You remember before the days of cell phones and, and, and personal, you know, computers and things of that nature, we, people, if they had something to remind themselves of, they'd tie a piece of string around their finger. Remember that? It was, it was supposed to spark a thought. Oh, there was something I was supposed to remember to do. What was that? I think that's the idea here. Put something on your hand that says, don't forget to talk about the word of God. Let it be part of your day. Like, keep yourself meditating in the word of God. Keep your children meditating in the word of God, talking about these things. Listen, it, we ought to be more concerned with our children learning about the word of God than we are with them learning about history. I, I, I'm thankful for history. I believe it's important. I think that our nation is falling apart because our, th this current generation hasn't been taught history correctly. I, I, I believe it's important. But you know what's more important than that? The word of God. It should just be a, a common conversation. Maybe we should turn the news off and stop talking politics so much and start talking Bible. Get our eyes off of the problems and get our eyes on the solution, amen? He said, bind it on your hand, but make it as frontlets between your eyes. I mean, this is something that should just be constantly... Talk about the word of God. Remind yourself, remind them of the word of God. And then look at verse number 9. Thou shalt write them on the posts of thy house and on thy gates. 
write the word of God, inscribe the word of God on your posts and, and on your gates. Now, again, this is, this, is, this is commanded. He's telling his people, write out these commandments. The, this would have been the law. Write, write them and, and hang them in your house, basically. Now, I think most, maybe, maybe not most, but a lot, of, a lot of us probably have some Bible verses on, you know, a nice plaque or, a, you know, some picture hanging on the wall. And, and I think that's a good thing. I, th- I think that's a positive thing. But this is something that's kind of more, even more intensive than that. The idea is put it up in front of your eyes to continually be reminded. Let me just ask it to you this way. You, you apply this how, however you want in your life. But when your kids come home, what is before their eyes? What do they see? Is it always some kind of a screen? Some kind of entertainment? Or is it a visual reminder? What is he saying? Talk of them. Put it in the ears. Write it on the post. Put it in front of the eyes. Your kids need to be saturated with the word of God. They need to be saturated with the word of God. Listen, they are bombarded in the world that we live in. They are bombarded by all kinds of other things. Your young men, your young boys, are constantly exposed to sexual temptation through their eyes. When they come home, they ought to be exposed to the Word of God. Put it in front of their eyes. Your children are constantly persuaded by the world, and and I'm not saying it's always negative, but to have something in front of their eyes that entertains and fills their mind and occupies time. Put the Word of God in front of their eyes. Put it in their ears, speak of it, teach it, put it in front of their eyes. Create within your home a culture that saturates your children with God's word. And all of this is because there is a caution. Here's the caution. He says in verse number 10, And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land. Look down to verse number 12. Then beware, lest thou forget the Lord. When you find yourself in a place of ease and comfort, when some of these trials are a thing of the past, and you find yourself in the land, you need to be very cautious that you don't forget the Lord. Understand, this commandment was not just a personal, you don't forget the Lord. This command was, you don't want your children and grandchildren and future generations to forget the Lord. Don't forget him. Don't go after other gods. Look at that in verse number 14. Ye shall not go after other gods of the gods of the people which are round about you. Do you know what Israel's biggest problem was? The false gods of all the nations... Round about them. 
And so often it was actually a result directly of nations of people that were left among them because they didn't drive them out. And so their children were exposed to the worship of false gods and false idols with their very eyes. They were around it and, and what happened? Their hearts were turned away. Even Solomon, King Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, had his heart turned away after false gods by his wives. Why? He married wives that worshipped false gods and they turned his heart away. Can I ask you, what influences are there in the lives of your children that are seeking to turn their attention away from God onto the things of this world? I've watched young people who grew up in church, were homeschooled from the time they were in kindergarten all the way through high school, and led by all standards that we would measure, they led a very sheltered life. And yet somehow, in their growing up years, their heart was turned after the things of the world. And I've even wondered, how does that even happen? I mean, how is it that a 15 or 16-year-old church kid who's homeschooled, who never even has opportunity, gets caught, you know, out drinking or doing drugs or in some kind of immorality with some, you know, what, what's going on? And, and sometimes you kind of peel back the curtain a little bit and you find out that there were neighbor kids. Or someone else that they, they were around and, and, and the idea was that they were, even though all of this was going on, they were being sheltered, they were still being influenced. Moses said, don't go after the gods of the people around you. This world is going after all kinds of gods. Entertainment, material possessions, immorality, all kinds of things. Satan's going to try to use these same tricks, these same tools on your children. Don't go after them. Don't go after them. Read with me, if you would, in Judges chapter number 2. This is one of those passages that when I read it, it just puzzles me. It says in verse number 7, Judges 2, And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. Joshua the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died being an hundred and ten years old. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timnath Ares in the Mount of Ephraim on the north side of the hill Gaash. And also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers and there arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods, of the gods of the people that were round about them, 
and bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord to anger, and they forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashtoreth. Those words, verse number 10, there arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. You know what that tells me? The previous generation failed them. They failed them because they didn't even know the works which the Lord had done. When God had commanded, tell them. Proclaim it unto the next generation. Pass this on. But there arose a generation. Now, Joshua died, and the elders died, and they quit serving. I can't help but think that maybe the parents of these young people assume that because they had a great leader in Joshua... And they had great teachers and the elders of the people and the priests and the Levites and all of them that somehow their children would catch it. But that generation arose not knowing the Lord because the responsibility was on the parents. Friend, I just want to say to you that as we desire, I believe it's the desire of every parent here to see our children serving the Lord even after we're no longer in the picture, even after we're gone. I pray for my children, their children, their children, and so on, that they would know and serve the Lord. I think all of us desire that. But let us remember that it starts with us. It starts at home. It starts with instructing, with protecting with removing certain things from before their eyes and replacing other things and putting it before their eyes and saturating them with the word of God and cautioning them that they would not go after the gods of the people that are around us. Folks, we live in a pagan world. We live in a godless society and our children need to know you don't go after the things of this world. Don't go after them. Don't follow the people of the world. Follow after the Lord. Follow after His righteousness what did he say I want to just go back to Deuteronomy 6 and we'll close with this Deuteronomy chapter 6 read it again in verse 7 and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children it's our responsibility Diligently teach our children. It's not a teacher, not a pastor, not a Christian school teacher or camp counselor or anyone else that's going to teach our children the ways of the Lord. It's us. It's you. It's you.